Hello there and welcome to episode 8 of Growing Faith, the podcast from Manor House Church. I am Mark Daniels. Alongside me today is Rick McClatchy. Hello. I am the staff pastor over at the Mill Plain campus. Rick is here at the Rocky Butte campus, which is where we are recording today. A little shout out to the rest of Manor House. Welcome in those from Eugene, from 217, and from downtown. We love you all. And honestly, such just a great privilege to do this with you. I've been enjoying this a lot. We've had seven episodes so far. We have talked about care and we've talked about groups. Um, and uh, we're going to get back on the groups topic here today. The last couple of episodes have been on care. We did uh, part one just about how we're going to care in the context of gatherings. And then part two was how we're going to care in the context of groups. Now we're going to go back to groups as our primary focus. Mm -hmm. Um, and we do have a couple of podcasts banked on that so far. So far, we have talked about the idea that your life is your group. That, by the way, was episode three. And then on episode five, we talked about ESPN, which is how we approach what we might do as a group leader. We're going to encourage, share scripture, we're going to pray, and then we're thinking about next steps, the ESPN of being a group leader. And so here today, we're going to continue our conversation on groups and we're going we're gonna to answer the question, why groups? Why, why would we do this? Why can't we just go to church on a Sunday and call it good? Why are groups God's idea for how we live life? So, Rick, uh, in case we haven't mentioned it before, or if we have, and maybe we haven't mentioned it enough, Rick is actually over groups for all of Manor House. And, and so he is thinking about groups all the time. And so let's just talk about kind of your perspective um, and, and your thoughts behind, man, why groups? Why are, we, why are we trying to, I guess, convince people to join a small group? I mean, life seems awful busy. And again, I think so many maybe just think, gosh, I just want to go on a Sunday. Can't that be enough? No, there really is a reason why groups. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like that's the constant... The constant battle that we face when it comes to small groups is I can't just I can't just, you know, get some good tools and and get a number of groups ready and then be like, OK, people join groups because um, it's kind of like trying to sell somebody a, a bottle of water when they don't know that they're thirsty. Mm. Like if they don't ha they don't have a sense of a need for the product that you're trying to get them to partake of. And because of the way our culture now is kind of built, we have all of this information and entertainment and just readily available to us. I mean, shoot, if if church was about going and hearing good preaching and hearing some good worship, YouTube now provides a vast majority of that need if that's all that we're looking for. But the Bible seems to give us this idea that it's not enough to process all of that information and all of that worship and all of that, you know, in a in a solo individual context, that there is this dynamic that happens when we come together as a body, when we like Hebrews 10, 25, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And a, a lot of times we, we reference that to, you know, Sunday church, but I think that it's the, you know, the big picture of assembling ourselves together in, in large groups and in small groups. Yeah, so the context, obviously, 
is going to be what we might do on a Sunday or some sort of a, an all-church gathering, but also getting together in smaller settings. Acts talks about how they met together in the temple, but then they also met house to house. Right. And so it was, it was a both and, not an either or. Right. The Bible, in my mind, makes it pretty clear. Groups is a part of church. And, and so, okay, awesome. So the big why, I think, is that's how God wants it to be. So it, that could be the easy answer, right? God wants right. it to be this way. He wants groups to be a part of it. Honestly, I think when I, when I think about American culture, I think we really need groups. We are very isolated and too many treat church like they do a movie theater. They drive in the parking lot, walk in the building, experience something, walk out of the building, and they don't really talk to anyone else. There's too much of that in church culture today. And, and I think groups can help break through all of that and allow people to get to, to know other people, but also to be known for the purpose of growing in Christ. So understanding that, you know, in, in your mind, there are kind of four primary things that happen within groups. Like, here's why this is God's way. Right. If the big why of having groups is because it's kind of God's way of doing it, Man, what's the why behind that? Why would God have groups in mind? And you've got kind of four thoughts for us today. The first of which is that through groups, we can have a better understanding of who God is. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, I'll probably butcher this, you know, something fierce. But, you know, there's this, there's this idea of these, you know, five blind guys in a room. And, and there's an, a big giant elephant in the room, you know. And uh, so they're all trying to describe this thing that's in the room. They're all describing the same thing, but because they can't see the big picture, they can't see the whole thing. It's just what they can touch and what is in their immediate sphere of, of influence. They're just describing to the best of their ability what they feel. So depending on what part of the elephant they, they have access to, they're describing that piece. And you can actually get kind of differing perspectives of what it is you're experiencing and because God is infinite and we are finite we can't ever exhaust an understanding of who God is and and because of my my personal life experience and my interaction with the word of God and my prayer life um, all afford me a certain perspective of who God is and to be quite honest that's pretty narrow and and so one of the benefits of, of community is stepping into a place where I interact with people on a deep enough level that I begin to hear how they have come to know God on a, on a deeper level in, in a different area, in a different way than what I've experienced. And, and so if it's, I, I picture like my, my small group of, you know, 15 guys, and we're all standing around this giant, fantastic Diamond, you know, and diamonds have all these facets, and and it refract, it refracts light and all this crazy glitter, and wow! But we all see different pieces, and no facet is the same, and it's just so beautiful that we all get to describe a different piece of beauty. Yet we're all talking about the same thing, and I think that's a a pretty cool picture of what it is that we actually get to understand God's fullness and greatness more. And so he's more honored and more glorified when we are together, when we have intentional community that is focused around him. So 
kind of hearing what you're saying in that community piece, in that intentionality, my story is shared and told and you can learn from it. Absolutely. Your story is shared and told and I can learn from it. And and that would be true all the way around the room. Yeah. And and what happens is the greatness of God, the faithfulness of God, the love of God, um, and some of the things that, that you have experienced I have not, some of the things that I have experienced you have not, it all starts to bear. And what happens is as all of that is shared and everyone starts to just talk about how they've walked with the Lord, we are all learning how big he is, how amazing he is, how much he's for us, etc. And that dynamic just cannot be achieved any other way. Like right. you're never going to get that on a Sunday. You're not going to get that in a context of church online. You're not going to get that through, again, just the idea of coming to church and, and receiving some sort of an experience. You actually have to be in a conversation. You have to know that person and understand how they view God in light of that life experience and on and on it goes. So that connectivity really starts to matter and it starts to allow us to see to see God in different ways because the fact is I'll never experience his fullness. I won't experience everything in life that others will experience. Uh, one, one prime example, my parents are still married, have been for over 50 years. They celebrated their 50th anniversary here in February. I don't, I don't know divorce from an experience, but my wife does. And so understanding her walk and how that affected her, and that helps me, helps me understand how God is faithful in that circumstance, even though I didn't walk through it. Right. And so you're saying as they come together, there's more of God that's being understood. Kind of the next idea is not only that we would understand God more in sharing each other's stories, but that we might understand more of, of who we are. Mm -hmm. In other words, the people in the room might start to tell us some things that either we don't really believe about ourselves or we don't see in ourselves. They yep. become an encouragement. They become a resource. They become someone who walks with us through life. They are there for us. And they help us see... Um, kind of who we are in our reality. Why don't you explain that a little bit? Well, I think that you actually covered a big chunk of it pretty effectively just in that introductory thought. And the way I would say it is both, um, I'll say it kind of like this, although I think they're both positive, but I'll say uh, we get to understand ourselves better both positively and negatively. So hmm. um, I'll start with the negative so I can sure. end with the positive is we all we all have blind spots. Right. Um, I'll say, uh, you know, right now I have a pretty glorious beard going on. So what's interesting about beards, uh, the longer they get, the easier it is to get stuff caught in your beard, you know, as a, a crumb or a, a whatever. But you can't really feel it because yeah. the beard is long enough that it's not like touching your face. And so you can have this very distracting thing on your face and have no idea. Right. And so you think you're being all effective, communicating when really, you know, it's like that one commercial where the guy has a spot on his tie yeah. and he's trying to talk and the tie is like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and every time he tries to say something, the tie that, you know, with the ketchup spot is like, blah, 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 blah. and so where my, my life message can actually be being impeded by a right. blind spot in my right. life that I'm not even aware of. But if I have people around me that I love and I trust and I'm in community with, they see those things and like, hey, Rick, let me help you out, you know, sure. to use the beard analogy. Hey, you got something in your beard and now it's now it's removed, simple, easy. But left to myself, I would just keep on in ineffectiveness 
in my life because I don't even realize it's happening. So that would be the negative side. The positive side is that we, you know, because of our own insecurities or whatever is going on, we might have some giftings and talents and abilities in us that we've not really personally identified because it's just the way we are. We don't recognize it as something that's significant in us. And as we have people around us that see it and begin to call it out and, and let us know, like, no, you don't understand, Mark. The way that you see people and the way that you care for them is not normal. Because when it's just the way you think, you just think it's normal. Right. And so you can have these things that you could actually lean into and grow them more and see the effectiveness of that grow more and more. But if we don't have people that come and speak into those things, we miss opportunities to grow in those areas. So being in a group allows allows us to learn more about the Lord through everyone else in the room, but it also allows us to learn more about us, both the negative side, but the positive side as well. Allowing people to speak into our lives, allowing people to um, encourage us, walk with us, etc., that gives them a chance to help us see ourselves more from God's perspective. Again, just recognizing that when we're isolated and on our own, we're not going to have the full picture. We actually need the input from others. You alluded to right at the end there that we want to think the right way. Yeah. And I, I believe that the, the third thing that you're talking about, like why would we have groups, is so that we can correct wrong thinking. Because none of us have it all figured out. As smart as I think I am and as smart as I know you are, we're not 100% correct. We don't have it all figured out. And I need to bounce ideas off of others in order to understand where I fall short. And there are going to be times where my thoughts are going to help other people think better as well. So talk about that dynamic and helping to correct wrong thinking. So I'm just going to give a personal story and I'll try to do it as quick as I can. And it's a small group story. In the very beginning of my marriage, and again, I didn't know right. that I had wrong thinking going on right. about my marriage. I just, yeah. and I actually, like I was raised in church. Mm-hmm. I went to Bible college. I had every tool and asset given to me to have a great, a great God-honoring Christian marriage. And yet, <laughs> I'm a sinful man, you know. And, and I stepped into my marriage with, with thoughts and ideas of how life was supposed to be. Right. And you know what? Real life was different than what I expected. And so there was this, there was this level of frustration and what am I doing wrong? And God, what is the story here? And I remember having three specific issues, you know, that they were wrong. Like these three things were wrong with my wife. I was convinced of it. And she's, she knows about all this. So this is no news. You know, she's not going to listen to the podcast and freak out. Like you, you thought I was, you know, whatever. So, um, I, now I just say yes, dear. And it's all good. So, <laughs> sure so I have these do. three things and, and it just so happened that that night, like I'm literally sitting at my breakfast table, having devotions and like talking to God about this, these three things and so frustrated and what do I do and how do I figure this out? Just so happened that that night we had a small group meeting and we go and, and we didn't even, we weren't even going through a curriculum. It was like, it was like a, just a total hangout night. It was kind of a young marriage group and shout out to Gareth and Jenny Gilpin. They were the leaders yeah. of our group at that time. And I walk in the door and the girls go to this part of the house and the guys go over, you know, upstairs to like the office and and we're just chit-chatting, man. We're not even like following an agenda. Like Gareth wasn't this awesome, masterful leader that night that led us down this road. 
we're just sharing life together, just right. talking about stuff. And I kid you not, Mark, all three of my things were talked about that night. Wow. And I was never wow. I was not about I was not about to let my guard down. Sure. I was not about to let people know what I was thinking, mm. the thoughts I was having. And so the one picture I like to say is like if you're shooting at a target that's 10 feet away and your sight is just a little bit off, you'll still hit the target. You might even still hit the bullseye if it's a big enough bullseye. But you throw that target out 300 yards and your sight is just a hair off, you're gonna completely miss the target. Sure. And that's how I like to think about right and wrong thinking, mm -hmm. is if, if wrong thinking is adjusted early on, you're good. But we're, cause we're talking about the marathon of life here. Right, right. So wrong thinking right now, 20 years from now is gonna be a mess. Mm. But if I'm allowed to be in community where my wrong thinking is being corrected on this gradual basis, I tell people all the time, man, small groups saved my marriage before my marriage ever needed saving. That's awesome. Because my thinking was corrected and I began to approach the challenges from a completely different perspective. I was like, oh, this is just what happens when you take a man and a woman and you make them live together. <laughs> like there's just challenges because we think different and we operate different. And, and uh, I tell you, God has used my marriage to just mold and shape me and yeah. help me grow. And I'm so thankful for my wife. It's so funny, the things that are the most irritating at the beginning you realize are some of the most meaningful, beneficial things that really, it's because it's so different from you, right? Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is, in the context of groups, you're around people consistently enough. They can see who you are and what you're thinking and can start to address it. Again, we gotta be open to receive that. We talked about that earlier in receiving care, just the idea of transparency and openness yeah. and being willing yep. to let people speak into our lives. And this is one of the reasons why, because there are people who are around us and who really do love us and their heart is for us. They would love to tell us what they see when they know it's off track. And I would, you know, a plane when it's flying, it auto corrects all the time. It starts to wander a degree or two off and then it comes back on course. It, it's how it works because of the wind they have to course correct all the time. And honestly, life is like wind. Mm, it's so good. It just gets us a little bit off track and we need to auto we need to correct and get back onto the 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 track that we're we're running on. And when we do that over and over and over and over and over, we will land in the right city, which is always good. Finally, you say that connectivity to those around us is a really huge benefit to groups. Yeah. Just being in connection just in relationship with others. Talk about that. Well, I think it's pretty simply just wrapped up in the idea that, you know, life is full of challenges and tribulations. In this world, you'll have tribulations. Like, consider it pure joy when these trials of many kinds come upon you. We're signed into this thing that guarantees us challenges. And I think the only thing worse than going through hard times is going through hard times alone. Hmm. Uh, because, uh, mm. Hard times can be greatly uh, mitigated right. when you have love and care and maybe some provision and in the process. And so, um, but we don't know when the challenges are going to hit us. And, and so we have to build, again, it's not selfishly built, but you better not build your life as an island right. and then wonder where all the help is right. 
because maybe the help's coming, but they're all in boats, you know, rowing their way to you. And it's going to take them some time to get there because they don't know you. They didn't know what was going on. So good. So that connectivity is so important for when those challenges come up. And, you know, I think we would be uh, remiss to not mention the introvert extrovert dynamic. So, so for those in the audience that are extroverts, it's like, they're like, Oh, I mean, they're probably out there being like, Amen, brother, preach it. You know, of course we need to be in relationships. And, and that's how I am. I'm, I'm like a pretty, pretty significant extrovert. Like I'm filled by hanging out with other people. Um, I happen to be married to someone that is more introverted. And so um, the dynamic of her hanging out with people is totally different than mine. Yep. And so, you know, I could get all judgy and be like, why don't you like being around other people? She does like being around other people. It just needs to be in smaller numbers and in more, almost more kind of controlled environments. And, and so even for those that are introverts, um, connectivity is still vital, mm-hmm. like absolutely, and may not more important, but just as important for introverts to be connected. And so, I would just uh, as a challenge to those of you that would find yourself in the introvert camp, is just give it focus and intentionality to identify your community. You don't have to. I mean, Jesus was focused on the three and the twelve, and he interacted with the seventy and with the multitudes. Um, I think we just need to find, you know, find your tribe, your twelve. Who, who's your 12 who's that you're gonna that you're gonna do life with who's your three yeah maybe start with your three you know yeah. who's the three that are gonna be your people that are you that you're gonna choose to let your walls down and you're gonna be transparent you're gonna be open you're gonna allow them to speak into your life and sharpen you that that that's when we begin to understand I mean that's what really discipleship is is actually rubbing off on one another right. and just changing each one another by being around each other it's awesome I hear you saying, there is a difference between the quantity of relationships that we have and extroverts would be more geared toward quantity. Yes. But that quality of relationships matter a ton. And for introverts, you can actually take some solace. You don't need a large quantity. You just need some good quality relationships. And so just to kind of recap, why groups? There's the better understanding of who God is. Yeah. That that comes through being in group. Also, a better understanding of who I am. There's a a more self-awareness, the, the ability for others to speak into our lives because we're around them on a consistent basis. There's the chance to help correct wrong thinking, having the, the, the course correct early on so that we don't end up way off track. And then there's the connectivity to those that are around us, the idea of discipleship, the idea of relationships, and focusing more on quality than quantity, whether you're introverted or extroverted, it doesn't really matter. So why groups? That's God's way of doing it. But why is it God's way of doing it? Because there's some real benefit and it's gonna help us. We are also a resource to others. In the moment of group, we have a chance to step into their world and help them just like they would help us. Just super quick, Ecclesiastes 4. Two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Yeah, there's real power in just relationships, especially through groups when they're ongoing they are intentional. Yeah. They are deeper. The quality really is there. 
Thanks, Rick, for all your wisdom tonight. That's awesome. Appreciate you very much. You're a good man. And uh, again, this is uh, the Growing Faith Podcast from Manor House Church. If you have comments or if you would like to hear something specific on our podcast, please reach out to us. I am Mark D at manorhouse.church and Rick is Rick M at manorhouse.church. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time.